finally here. Welcome to Do It With Dan. Entrepreneurial philanthropist, public speaker and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mengena. It's lovely. It's lovely. <gasps> Hello, everyone. We are live. I am here with Dr. Mary Helen Hensley. She is very, very, very groovy. She will talk about sounds and... <laughs> frequencies and what happens when we forget the illusion of being this thing we call flesh. Everybody, welcome my delightful guest, Dr. Mary. Dr. Mary, say hello to the people. Hello. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Now, there are some questions that I wanted to ask that I didn't ask before because I wanted everyone to be party to me asking. So, where are you now? I am in Athlone, Ireland, County Roscommon. That's not an Irish accent. It is not. Good ear, my friend. Um, you, must, I was blessed you, by must, the gods. you must be musically inclined. Um, <laughs> no, that is a southern accent. I'm from Virginia. I'm from Martinsville, Virginia, um, just south of Roanoke in the Shenandoah Valley, the Blue Ridge Mountains. Well, take I, home country roads to the place where Mary's from. <laughs> did I sing it? Did I? Did I? Um, Not did West I Virginia. <laughs> oh no, mama. <laughs> That's it. We should, listen, all this frequency sound stuff, we need to cut an album. We need to cut an album and let the world connect with the goodness of this. I'm all, I'm all about it, man. You're all about it. I often start my random uh, podcast recordings with an odd question, an odd request, or a quip of sorts. I'm not sure where to go with you, because I don't think that I'm going to be able to um, pull you, uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to catch you off guard, because you're quite random and funky yourself. So um, <laughs> what I'm going to do now is... I'm, much worse than random and funky. That's not, that's a, that was a, an accolade. That wasn't I'll bad. take it. I'm so taking it. Here it is in another little packet. Here's a here's some there you go. Um, I anyone that knows your work will be able to identify with what uh, a key moment is for you because that's one thing that those who haven't heard about your work are going to be introduced to in the moment. However, what would you say is the number one lesson you learned from the number one moment in your life? Oh yeah, I got you there, didn't I? No. I didn't get you. It's just there's so many number ones, do you know? There's Ooh. There's so many number ones because every moment gets its own number one. Let me pick which which number one would I like to share with you now though? Yes. Mm. Um probably the biggest number one aha moment in mm -hmm. my life was in my in my near-death experience mm -hmm. um having died gone into the great beyond spent time there got the downloads um you know basically coming back into this plane reinventing everything that i had previously believed in mm -hmm. and coming back here and real already are that which we seek there's my aha. Okay, we can we can stop the podcast now. <laughs> Nothing else needs to be said. You've done it. <laughs> but we still got to hang out, so I'm not going to end. Okay, so we're already that which we speak. Let's bring this now into a framework that anybody off the off the off of the street could could understand. Because I remember once I recorded, I was invited on someone else's podcast, and I was talking about speaking my truth, and they asked me, "But what does it mean to speak your truth?" So if we're putting this into the context of we're already that which we we're already that which we seek, did you say? Mm-hmm. Okay, if we're already that which we seek, what about if someone isn't seeking anything? You know, that then they have found the secret of the saints. Because <laughs> it's simplicity, isn't it, really? Absolutely. Do you Something know, we, we wreck our heads trying to, 
to find these these answers to these great divine questions and it's already right there like we already are that and yeah for someone who's not seeking anything you know that follows a little bit along the 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 buddhist line there where they're you know the whole idea in the end is is not to seek to be anything um you know is to completely disconnect from the need to even see oneself as beyond what we exist as now do you know it's it's just um it's really that great gigantic question that i think wrecks the heads of more human beings and overthinkers than any yes. question ever yes. do you know I, really I'm, a, I'm an overthinker so i can i can i can relate with that because oh yeah one, the one, one when one you're of, laying in bed at night and you're supposed to be asleep and you look over and it's you've seen 222 and 333 and now it's 444 oh <laughs> now i've got to be up in two hours yeah it's that question that spins around in people's heads going why are we here what are we doing you know and and the idea is we already are that which we seek and what i mean by that is i mean this has been said in a, across the board in so many different religions in mm -hmm. so many different languages in so many different ways you know know ye not that ye are gods you know and the act of a god is to be a creator know mm -hmm. ye not that you're your own creators that you're creating mm -hmm. this entire dynamic around you for your own benefit <laughs> and you know We've completely forgotten that, but part of being in the earth in the earth realm is needing to forget that in order to accomplish something else. I mean, the whole thing I mean, of the whole thing being the of being being your, your life. Hang on, is that me? Hang on, is that me? Just one second. Just one second. Hello. All right, we're fine now. Yeah, the one thing, <laughs> technical glitch. One thing that I I found grounded I found in grounded which is my work, is the whole concept that yes, the foundation of creating a new life for yourself is accepting responsibility for creating that new life for yourself. And we can create all these flummoxes, we can create all these vortexes and these energy tracks of all this fancy stuff, but at the end of the day, it always comes down to something simple. Um, truth is always simple. When things are convoluted, they tend to be, you know, cosmolops. And so, Absolutely. for someone to go beyond the illusion into the void of truth and to come back and to say, guys, I went, all that stuff we're kind of getting confused, confused about, it's not really that complicated. You're doing it, you are it, uh, take control of it and have fun with it, really, is, is what it's like. And I really think that we're seeing right now um, on the global stage, particularly over the last week um, in America, it's all over our news feeds, it's everywhere, is we are being confronted with probably one of the, the greatest lessons that we as a as a, as a species need to learn and that's that of accountability and you know we're seeing this trial happening in america at the moment and you know my beef with this whole thing dude everybody messes up everybody does something that they're not proud of everybody especially when they're younger they're growing they're learning they're evolving look there's no no crime in having done something that was stupid or being so intoxicated or being so whatever you were at that time in your life that you you couldn't be accountable for your own behavior but by god if you have grown and evolved into a, a fine and upstanding um contributing to this you know to the growth of our planet type of citizen mm -hmm. then be accountable for who you were nobody's going to hold that part against you own it. own it i mean there's one thing i had a conversation with someone not too long ago and we we're talking about accepting that we've made a mistake or told a lie or, or something's gone awry the world doesn't just, just doesn't turn into snowflakes you know nothing ends all that happens is that you feel lighter and you feel free and from that space of lightness and freedom you're actually able to not only better enjoy the experience of yourself going forward but to sit in um to sit free of people being able to pull up stuff and throw it at you if people own something at the point of it happening or within a reasonable time of acknowledgement of it and coming to terms with actually being able to own it 
the world wouldn't be standing around having a go at him for, you know, this thing. It would be okay. This happened some time ago. You've demonstrated that you've grown as a person. I think the challenge comes when we deny that we've been something before, even if it's something that we've transitioned out of. And actually, by denying it, we can't transition out of it because we can't change something that we refuse to accept for its own, its own for itself. Um, I was speaking to a client the other day, and we were talking about seeing life as a block of marble. You know, if I want a beautiful statue, I can't look into empty space and say, "Beautiful statue, beautiful statue, beautiful statue," or pretend that this block of marble, this block of marble, is its finished form. I need to see the marble. I need to work with the marble. I need to chip away at the marble. And I need to have a clear vision of what I want that final statue to look like. That's the only way that the beauty is going to come from out of it. Um, mm-hmm. so when we're denying these things, we're denying, oh, no, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. So you haven't grown through it then because you haven't acknowledged it and managed to exactly. challenge that as part of your experience. Exactly. And one of the most interesting things in the work that I do with frequency is oftentimes people are like, well, you know, you can't change the past. Or, and I'm like, uh, yeah, you can actually. And they're like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, number one, everything is not happening in chronological order. It's happening concurrently. Um, mm-hmm. But that's that's a bit big for, for some people to digest. Mm-hmm. And so therefore we speak in chronological time. Yeah. Um, however, one of the interesting things is that there's a particular frequency, 417 hertz. It's one mm-hmm. of the Solfeggio frequencies. And 417 has the capacity to basically take someone into their past and nullify the damaging effects of something they might be carrying in present time. Now, it doesn't that the 12-year-old wasn't raped by a next-door neighbor. It means the traumatic experience that's stored in the cellular memory of of the person in present time is no longer attached to what the 12-year-old experienced by being raped by the neighbor. Mm-hmm. And so frequency has the capacity to change that for us. And so when we learn how to use frequency to our advantage mm-hmm. and we learn how to go in and correct that, it means that we can take this and it's causing mm-hmm. us to stay in the in the energy and the, the intensity of, of what it was when it first took place. Mm-hmm. We don't have the capacity to kind of turn the page and move on to a new chapter. Mm-hmm. And so what's interesting about frequency is that it will allow us to actually go in and, and more or less nullify that hook that's mm-hmm. into us from the past and allow us to close that book, stick it up on the shelf. And we can go, oh, I remember when mm-hmm. this happened. But, you know, we then develop the capacity to speak about it like um, this morning's cup of tea. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have that emotional um, robbery effect <laughs> on us. And it's just. Yeah, it's 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 magic. Mm-hmm. It's I'm, you know, it's it's alchemy at its best. I mean, this is one of the things that excited me most about your work when I was introduced by our mutual friend. Hello, darling. Hope you're watching. Um, Hello, Marianne. <laughs> because in my own work, my own work principally, the the main tool that I use for transformational coaching is one that I developed myself beyond intention. And step two, clearing, is all about cutting ties with the illusion of the past and the imagined future to come back to the present moment where we have the power to make new choices and create new outcomes. And this frequency stuff is a very groovy way to come in and just say, Boop. because like Dr. Exactly. Jones said, wisdom is memory without the emotional charge. Memories are fine. That's where we get the wisdom. We have the experiences, we learn from them. But when we are still repeating, uh, rep- when we're still sitting in energetically, in that past experience, we're not in the present moment. And that's what I call an energy trap. It's these and energy traps aren't always negative either, sometimes positive. Nostalgia can be an energy trap. Yeah, Anything that absolutely. causes in the present moment is an energy trap. But yeah, I'm very excited about the prospect of um, frequency being almost like a another really super cool hack to come in and say, okay, that's that experience. Boop. All right, but now you can come to the present moment and make new choices in the present moment in alignment with new outcomes that you want to see in your life. Exactly. And what I love about it so much is that, you know, um, from the time I was a child, I've always been able to communicate with those who weren't in this world. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up, you know, my, my dad was a Southern Baptist minister. Yeah, this was not something we learned in Sunday school. And so, <laughs> Experiences that I had out of body, um, you know, were just simply not congruent with what I'd been taught to believe. 
And so, mm-hmm. you know, from the time I was a child, I was already expressing myself differently, having prophetic dreams. You know, I would just know things before they happened. Uh, my best friend growing up was my grandfather who'd been dead since I was one. You know, there'd been that five-year-old conversation, honey, are you, you know, we need to make sure you know the difference between what it means to be alive and dead. And I was like, oh, I didn't know there was a difference. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so then I get into this car accident. And what happens is in my excitement of coming back in and remember, there are a lot of people who aren't very excited to come back in because it is a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really wanted to come back here. So I really like it here. So I fight for this place. <laughs> People can call it what they want to and they can, you know, say the world is, you know, just in, in, in shite and it's just a terrible place to be. I love it here. Don't talk about my planet like that. I really <laughs> like it here well, and I'm enjoying all of it. I, I think that that's, I mean, there are, there are some who discuss it and I'm, I, I wouldn't say that I'm very settled on my, um, my beliefs around this because I'm still settling into it and just enjoying the journey of learning more about this realm of thought. However, there are those that say that essentially um, what we call the soul, or what we call the essence of us is a broadcast that comes into the meat sack that we call flesh and comes into this manifested uh, plane as, as us in order to have an experience to carry back. I like that and it feels good to me. Um, and I think mm-hmm. one of the common threads with all of these different theories is that we're here for a purpose. We're here to have an experience and to carry that experience back somewhere or to just enjoy that experience, however you want to say it. And I think that it's really beautiful that you're one of the very few people, I'll be honest, that I find in this, um, in this sphere who are like, yeah, hell, I'm here, and I'm gonna love it here, and I'm gonna enjoy it here, because a lot of people spend so much time trying to get out. These experiences you've been having since child, they're like, I wanna get out of my body, and I wanna spend five hours a day meditating. Yeah, but what are you doing? You're here to have an experience, though. Why aren't you actually having that experience? I personally believe it's all about taking these yeah. um, these tools and the, the beauty of being able to come out of your body and meditate and all these lovely things to tap in and enhance the beauty of us being able to enjoy this three-dimensional reality. And I just wanted to say thank you for admonishing us to just enjoy what we're here yeah. to do. Exactly. You know, and it's, um, it's so interesting because... Um, what frequency allows me to do um when i was in that accident and and i knew i was going to come back in i came back in with a gift you know i met i met some guides there again they didn't tell us about them at church um (laughs) and uh, yeah and so you know they're like if you choose to go back in and you go this way and you're going to follow this path and you're going to do what what you're saying that you're going to do here which is share this message with the world and let people off the hook and tell them to live and I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Well, we're going to we're going to help you out with that. So you're going to come back in with a gift. And so I came back in with ability to basically in the beginning, I had to place my hands. I don't even need to do the hands anymore. I can do it from a probe mm-hmm. um, basically to go in and download someone's hard drive. That's the best way I can describe it. And so it allows me the capacity to bypass their BS, mm-hmm. the story that they've sold themselves mm-hmm. and to find a way around that to find their truth but they came here to do and for some people that's you know that, that involves some suffering i don't i don't know met anybody that it didn't involve some suffering mm-hmm. it's not all suffering but there's some of it and there's some illness in some of it um there's some sadness there's some great beauty there's some joy mm-hmm. there's the entire spectrum of emotion and so frequency is interesting because there are a lot of people who are so stuck in their own stuff that they can't, they physically and spiritually cannot for the life of them get out of their own way. And so this robs them from the ability to sit in all of this around us and they get a single ache or pain or they get, you know, one little trauma or one little setback mm-hmm. and it blows. I mean, I'm sure you know people like this. It's like, oh God, I've got pains. Well, there it's starting. I'm nearly 50. And no. Yeah. Or, you know, they open up the light bill and oh God, you use the freaking lights. Mm-hmm. Be excited that you have a light bill because mm-hmm. you've got electricity. <laughs> so, and it, the use of frequency allows people who are really stuck in that space to still avail of the feeling 
of being able to detach from that kind of trauma because you can bypass what they have sold themselves intellectually and you can connect at that heart level with that fabulous, enormous heart Taurus energy and you can just bypass all that nonsense and you can connect in and then they feel it. And there is nothing like owning a concept by feeling concept. So I'm often asked, you know, did you, did you see God when you're over there? God's a feeling. Mm-hmm. God, by a frequency, that space in between lives, when we're in that beautiful space where we're digesting what we've just come from and contemplating what we're going to next, that's a frequency. And we're part of that frequency and we are part of that creative process. And we're just a part of that greater source energy, which is God. A lot of people who are all up in Jesus's stuff, know ye not that ye are gods. He said it himself, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's just so simple and we have made it so complicated. I mean, even the whole thing of contrast, I mean, some things we project that the contrast of the varying experience adds color to the adventure. And at the end of the day, yes. we're here for adventure. And if we see things, if we take a step back and see things in the perspective of it's an adventure, then all of these little things are so much easier to reframe and turn on their head and to pull the story off of. There's one thing that's been I've been playing with a lot since it came to me meditation a week ago is that Nine out of 10 of these things that stress me out or jump into my awareness and try to become energy traps only are that because of the story I've placed around it. If I take the story away from it, then it probably isn't really that bad anyway. Um, like you said, really not the, light that bad. Like the, the light bill. Yeah, but you've, you've got light, mate. There are many people that don't have light. And it's not about you putting yourself up on a pedestal above these people, but celebrate that you have the light and allow that to transmute the energy of the experience. Now, all of a sudden, that energy trap no longer exists. Um, well, I really right. do. Like, it's that dichotomy of dark and light. Yeah, every single one of the ancients has always said, and this is one thing that I've, I've, I've played with myself, and I'm still working with it to some extent. It's that, yeah, I create my, I create my world, but I don't want to be suffer. I don't want to suffer in it. But here's where the, here's where the nugget comes in. It's not suffering, dude. It's just contrast. It's just all part of the game. It's all part of the experience. It's just contrast. Hello? There you are. There you are. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's all part of the game. It's all part of the experience. It's all part of the contrast. When I just take that away from it, then I'm not creating, oh my God, I don't want to create suffering. I just want it to be easy. Yeah, it is all easy. The only thing that makes it hard is the story right. wrap around it, sit in the seat of the observer, watch the show, and have fun with it. And then when this ride ends, yeah. another one may or may not. It doesn't matter if another one does or, don't, or does not. Have fun with this one. Ex- extract all of the joy that's your birthright out of this one. Make choices in alignment with that. And spread some love. That's that's where I'm at right now in my journey. Different points on the same beam of light. And, go. you know, it's, human beings are just so fascinating. And I absolutely love who and what we are and, and the ideas that we get. Um, Recently, I was in Europe and I was working with someone who had um, happened to come from an extremely well-off family. And Mm -hmm. there was something akin to a survivor's guilt um, because this individual, um, he hadn't basically he'd, you know, he'd been educated, but he hadn't needed to work. There was nothing really that captured his fancy. And it was it was it was genuinely hard for him, you know, and you might have someone who's struggling over here going, oh, you poor thing. But in his world and in his reality, he really, really struggling with a sense of identity, um, you know, with a mother and father who hadn't been able to have been to be very present in, in order to create his parents struggled with that sense of belonging, family, identity. Um, who he was was supposed to be, what he was here for, what possibly could he contribute, and mm-hmm. then he had, you know, he had a W and he had a Jaguar and he had this and that and all, and he lived in, you know, a gigantic home and he hadn't had to work for any of that and he was really struggling and he came for help, and you know, I could just hear in my mind, oh my god, 
three quarters of the population could hear you right now. And I just said to him, I said, can I just stop you for a second? And he said, yeah. And, and he, I said, do you believe this is the only life that you've ever lived? And he goes, oh, no, 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 no. I'm much so into the idea that, you know, that that we come back here and we'll, you know, we come in here and we learn and grow and we take on different roles. And I said, so you do you actually believe you've been a rich white guy the whole time? And he goes, no. And I said, why in the hell are you not allowing yourself to enjoy that right now? <laughs> this uh, yeah. You know what I, you know what I mean? Like if, if that is something that you believe in and rings true to you, you're going to be the homeless guy. You're going to be the guy who extends a hand to the homeless guy. Mm -hmm. You're going to be the woman who goes and creates the fundraiser to help support the guy or brings him clothes on the road or the one who walks past and jeers or kicks him, mm -hmm. Do you know? We're all of those things in order to have a complete 360 rounded view of what it means to be that guy. You know, so we're going to play all of the roles and we have just lost this capacity through this ridiculous sense of judgment that we have. That we can't just be who we are. Have this wonderful expression that they say when somebody's do good has happened, or maybe they're going off on a holiday. Hmm. Well, for some, and it is probably, it used to be my least favorite phrase to hear from. So now it makes me laugh. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I know, isn't it great? You know, <laughs> uh, isn't it fantastic that I'm able to go and do this, this, or this? And, you know, hmm, well, for some, and I, it just cracks me up how we do that. And I'm like, just enjoy who you are, you know, and to that guy who had, he had the equivalent of like a survivor's guilt. Mm. He, he felt so bad and so guilty that he had landed in a life of such privilege that he had no sense of identity. And I went, wow, because I know some people who have nothing, who have this incredible sense of self and peace. And it had nothing to do with the money or the station or the stature. It has to do with, you know, what's happening in here. Mm -hmm. And I think he finally heard me, you know, and I, he, he probably sat up a little taller in that Jaguar as he drove away, <laughs> you know. And then the next person who came in after him might have been someone who was a crack addict or someone who was, you know, who was genuinely struggling. We all come from these wonderfully vast and different background stories. But we, we we scarcely allow allow ourselves to enjoy, you know, at, at times when I have had next to nothing, my mantra during that time is, you know what, open this bill and feel feeling right now, because this may be the very last time that you might not be able to afford to pay this. Don't rob yourself of this feeling. Bam. You know, yeah, that's definitely a safe <laughs> One of the things I love about um, the crossover between science and I don't like to call it the mystical, I like to call it ancient wisdom, whatever, between yeah. modern science and the ancient good stuff is that the quantum model of the fact that everything's happening at the same time and that this illusion of separation is just as an illusion kind of merges into what you just said because the, the reality is is that in the quantum model i'm you you're me i'm my water bottle i get to be the flower i get to and it's not even so much that i am the plant and the plant is me is that we are all the same thing expressing itself at a different vibrational frequency there is no exactly. difference between any of them so even no for mr jaguar there is no difference between him and the other person who he feels guilty that he's got more money than, the only separation is the illusion that he's created in his mind, which in and of itself just robs him of the joy of the experience of him right now in this consciousness, having this experience. Um, exactly. Maybe he goes back and comes back and does it again. Maybe that's happening at the same time, me even saying it like that's an illusion. Maybe I'm Mr. Jaguar, Mr. Jaguar's me right now. But pulling that complex science wiggery jiggly down to the simple thing, it's do you have fun enjoy the experience remember that every single one of these things that we call contrast is part of the color that we may never see again 
So just soak it in and enjoy it and and allow that to reframe all this stuff that we call crap and junk and struggle and pain and trauma. It is just contrast that adds to the color and flavor of our experience. And that's my takeaway from this from this right now. Boom. Oh, absolutely. Just so. Boom. Just. You know, just um, you know, it's 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 such a. I wrote a book um, that's up for publishing now called "Understanding Is the New Healing," and in this book, I felt the need to address, first of all, in layman's terms, the idea of concurrent living. Mm-hmm. You know in this consciousness on this plane, we do chronological time because it makes sense here. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, it works in three dimensions. Mm-hmm. When you start stretching out into four, five, six, it doesn't work any longer. We have to bend time and mm-hmm. space in order for that work. And so one of the biggest questions that people ask, something I wanted to address in that book, which was, why bother? If we're all, if we're, if you know, if we're all coming from that, the same divine love and wisdom and what's the point and I said that way I could describe it the highest best way I could describe it is if you imagine uh, let's say in your house you bought yourself a brand new surround sound you know, the big, fabulous, gigantic, whatever the big TV is now nowadays yeah. and all the speakers and all the bells and whistles, and it was just set up and you've got this amazing armor and you've got a refrigerator full of whatever floats your boat, you know, and you are in the comfort of your own home and your favorite movie is coming on and you've got that remote and you can pause it, you go to the bathroom, you can go to the you can control the climate on you and you are in the height of the comfort of your own home and then let's say I call you up and I was like hey guess what such and such movie is on on cinema let's go and you're like oh oh how fun because I like you me and we're like this is gonna be awesome and so we meet at the center and we open the doors and we walk in and what's the first thing that hits us the smell of popcorn you know and the one time i ever allow myself a fizzy drink is at the cinema and so i'm I'm dying to get in there because i'm I'm gonna get that drink with that ice and a straw i can taste it now (laughs) And, and in there and i'm with my friend and we are excited to go in and now we're sitting in the theater and, you know, there's that tiered seating and there's that gigantic screen and it starts in and the previews are on. And then the movie, starts, you know, and it might get to a tender moment and you're looking at the guy over here who's trying to, you know, hide the, the tears. You know, you don't want anybody to see his emotions. And, you know, you're feeling the same thing. And there's that feeling of getting so choked up and you don't want to cry out loud. And, you know, and you're looking your friend next to you when the next scene hits and you're belly laughing and you're sharing that experience together and then you walk to the theater when it's over and you discuss what just happened in there that you liked what you disliked and you've got this fabulous interaction going on which experience is the one at home or the one in the cinema neither one better than the other exactly so when somebody asks why would I leave the comfort of the divine to mm-hmm. come into earth and do this? That's my answer. Sage drop. Sage drop. I'm sold. I'm sold. <laughs> it makes sense though, doesn't it? It does. It does. It's just I'm a sold. different set of uh, it's a different set of senses, and you know. I will sit and I'll get tickled sometimes when I'm in the high, you know, who, who doesn't want to be, you know, I've got two teenage kids. I'm a single parent and, you know, it's important to me to know that I've been a good mom, mm-hmm. but that's all part of my story. And my daughter, you know, my, both of my daughters, we, we spent the summer in Los Angeles and we were at this workshop in Hollywood that a friend of mine was giving. And he said, we're going to do exercise. And this was just so fun. Um, and so you've got my 
89-year-old mother in there who is just, she looks like the queen. She's, you know, she's got the hair and the, oh, she's just awesome. And she is so switched on and she's so excited to be in there. And you've got a room full of people. And so because I was speaking in the second half, I bothered when he said, okay, everybody pair up. I bother to pair up with anybody. Well, lo and behold, the only two people not paired up in the room are my oldest daughter, who's 16, and myself. The last people who needed to be paired up in this particular exercise was that conversation. And so he said, here's what we're doing. You've got three sentences. Share your story. What is your story? You know, mm-hmm. and, and make it a good Make it real. Well, you know, my story was my daughter doesn't like me. My daughter says that I am a phony because I present myself in one to the public and I'm a different way at home with her. My daughter doesn't think I love her. So these were my stories. So I was supposed to be sharing that with somebody else, not my daughter, but we just happened to have to pair up. <laughs> and I asked because her BS that she had sold herself was about me (laughs) my mother doesn't my mother doesn't really care about me my mother cares about her career more than me whatever our story right and it was so funny because what we had to do when we were talking to each other was one person person a would share their story and person b had to pretend that they were ignoring them this actually almost physically killed the mother because my mother was paired up with this scene writer who was the, in there and she was not well physically or whatever. And my mom is the sweetest, most compassionate woman. And she actually loves listening to people's stories. So <laughs> if, if anyone was ever looking for someone who would sit quietly and without judgment at the end of a two hour phone conversation while they rabbited on, it's my mom, right? Mm-hmm. So I could see her physically falling to pieces on the other side of the room because you know she was supposed to be turned back putting her fingers in her ears la 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 she failed miserably but it was so funny because my daughter and i we started doing the conversation back and forth and we were just in hysterics because i was like you know all she, all she had to do was with every day as soon as i opened my mouth she stuck her phones in her ears and I was like, well, there's us. Perfect. We perfectly manifested this thing. And it was so funny because it's the stories we tell. And, you know, it's so important to me. My story was so important to be acknowledged for being a good mother just because I'd had, you know, I'd done it by myself and I didn't ever have anybody to come home and cry to when I'd get it right and that, you know, that I just had to every morning and keep going and everybody goes, how was your holiday? And I'm like, like, you mean holiday? I had the children with the whole time. Do you know? And I needed her to acknowledge that part of me. And it was so funny because that wasn't her stuff. That was my stuff. In the same respect, her stuff and what she felt about me, she realized in that moment that was her stuff as well. I knew it. You know, but it's so funny when you go through an exercise like that that you're kind of laughing at when you realize in the end just stop for a second you just just bought your own crap line and sinker do you know and it's nice every now and again to have one of those refreshing moments where you and you go why have to be the best at everything why you have to be why can't you be content with the words and all and that is one of the most beautiful things that happened to me after that near-death experience I came in with this incredible sensation of I couldn't care what anybody else thinks about me. And it has been the most liberating, wonderful feeling I have ever experienced. There have been wars, you know, being a mother has probably pushed me the closest um, to (laughs) caring about what somebody else thinks. Yeah. And in all honesty, I'm like, I look back and I love everything I've done. Everything. So I I started a book that I wrote with the foreword going, my mother said I would be a great politician because if ever they tried to find any skeletons in my closet, I've already written about all 
I love all of them. They make great stories. You know? I got a number one bestseller out right now because of my skeletons in the closet. You know, like, why not? You know, it's not, I don't, I don't, um, I look back and luckily I personality type where I haven't had to process or deal with a lot of having been very hurtful to other people because that, that's not really in my personality. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you know, I'm again, watching those trials this week, I was beer, beer. We all drank beer. We did this. So, yeah. I went to college and I drank some beer too. Everybody didn't. I have a, a handful of people that I can think of right now. That it wasn't their scene. No, I didn't. They didn't need knowledge, you know, and I, I just made a choice after that. Okay. I went through the couple of years where I did that and I was like, yeah, that's not me. Mm-hmm. No, I came from a family of non-drinkers. I, and it, to the point where something I needed to try because it had been made so, so there. You need to, you know, the temptation was huge. Yeah, but then I was just like, the things that matter to me more in life matter far more than whether if I take a drink or not, you know, so I just, it's not a part of my life. Mm-hmm. And um, so to kind of put people under these blunt state, statements because of our insecurity, well, well, everybody did that in college. No, they didn't. Everybody didn't do that. Or everybody, well, no, there's no, no crime in it. Nobody said there was a crime in it, but don't, everybody did it because we're all different. And we all choose to experience the world differently. And, you know, I think that question that you asked me at the beginning of the podcast about my, you know, what was my moment, my big thing, I would have to say on a human level, um, not having gone outside of the body and a big aha moment, but what I learned here as a human being is a lesson that my father gave to me, which was accountability. It is the number one thing I am the most grateful for in all of the things he left to me and all of the traits and attributes that I have that I can, you know, trace back to my dad. Accountability is the most favorite. I won't say most important because everybody's experiences are different, but favorite part of personality is the, the accountability. And I might not get every time but boy I'm always trying and I just like like, gosh the point of being here and being human is to feel pain and is to feel joy and feel sadness and is to feel excited you know and I one of the things I feel for the kids of 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 today and and I hope that our generation can come and bring this back for them and restore this for them is the lost art of anticipation. So many things are at their fingertips and, you know, at their fault. And we, you know, we have a bad habit of going, oh, they're always science. Well, that's their generation. That's they incarnated knowingly in that world. Stop knocking them for it. Mm-hmm. For God's sakes, I love a millennial because I tell you what, I'm an idiot computer. And thank heavens for the millennials who can me work my way through. You'll never hear me say a bad word about a millennial. Oh, and then, the kid, you know, my kids, 14, 16, and their generations with the phone. Yeah, you know what? They're having to learn to self-monitor. And in the beginning, when it's all brand and shiny, I don't care what age you are, you're going to get stuck to it. And it's an addictive tendency. And then learn the art of self-monitoring. And knowing that in a short years, I just say this. I'm not gonna. I, I can't ride you anymore. About saying, okay, you got. You're gonna have to learn your own boundaries with this. You're gonna mm-hmm. lose your childhood to this with your face in a phone, or you're not. It's gonna be your choice, and I'm gonna let you make that choice. Every now again, I'm gonna knit my head and nag you about that, but only you've got to make that choice. You know, it's just this thing of of trying to restore this sense of anticipation of, of that feeling of waiting for something. Do you remember when we used to order something in the mail and we actually had to wait <laughs> to 10 days for it to arrive? <laughs> you know, it's like Christmas that going to bed at night and 
having been given the list. I don't know about you when you were a kid. We didn't get to go. I want this, 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 and this. We must have said one or two things that we would like to get. And the choice would be made on your behalf. And then the choice would be made on your behalf. <laughs> and buddy, you up and you said thank you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And because you didn't know what was actually going to be there under that tree or, or, or you know, in whatever tradition you may practice, you don't know what these things were going to present themselves. And we've really lost that art of anticipating and that need to know everything in the moment. You know, mm-hmm. um, it is for me because of my personal experiences with that accident and also the things that I could do prior to the accident. It's one of the things I treasure most because, you know, as, as a kinesthetic, you know, psychic, and knowing so many things before they take place, I treasure the moments when I'm unsure. They're a gift. Do you know? I think when I look at other people who's the bane of their very existence. Experience here and one person's experience here. And, um, Neither one is right or wrong. It's all just, it's all just, it's it's all just perspective. Dr. Mary. Dr. Yes. You've mentioned about a book. I know about a book. I've put about the science, science website. I put that there already. How else can people connect with you and find out about more about your work? Maybe we can work with you. Oh, yeah. Um, on my website, um, Mary Helen Hensley, H-E-N-S-L-E-Y. So it's Mary Helen. Um, some people would prefer to spell that H-E-L-L-I-O-N, but it's actually H-E-L-E-N, Mary Helen Hensley dot com. I'm on Facebook, Dr. Mary Helen Hensley, author. Currently, uh, like I said, we I have a book that I wrote with a, a couple of friends of mine, which is called Bringing Death to Life, mm-hmm. um, which we made it to number one in Ireland um, our first week out. And what was so exciting about that was not because we made it to number one, was that this subject made it to number one, mm-hmm. that yeah. the people yeah. here I were ready to talk about the elephant in the room. Do you know? Brilliant. Death, Brilliant. death is something that's going to visit all of us at some stage if it hasn't already. Mm-hmm. And to be able to talk openly and freely about it, I a tire, a, a nail in my tire day, and I was on my way to give a speech. I was 20 minutes away, and my tire flat, and I had to pull into a petrol station to get it pumped up. But when I finished the speech, I went to a tire shop that I had not before, and walked in, and I was messed up, and the guy said. Um, uh, well, you look very nice. And I said, thanks very much. He said, what were you doing? And I said, I was giving a speech. And he said, what are we talking about? And I just wrote this book called Bringing Death to Life. And he's like, oh, Moses would love that. She's all into that stuff. And um, next unfold conversation about how she had had an allergic reaction. These are just simple country phone here, you know, where I live. And she had had an allergic reaction when she pregnant with their child and an out-of-body experience and was witness her husband rolling her to her side, how he had placed her arm, how he had tilted her head. And he was so excited. He goes, oh, I've never told anybody that out loud because I thought they would think I was nuts. And I was like, I wrote this book so that everybody who thought that he was going to think they were nuts would realize that all of them are sitting out worrying about the same thing. Everybody's going to think they're nuts when there are more people than not who have some kind of a bizarre to tell about their encounters with, with, with death or life beyond. And so that's why we wrote the book. And um, so, yeah, that's available on Amazon in the UK and in Ireland. It's, it'll be coming out in America. Um, it's called Bring Death to Life. And it's Patricia Scanlon, uh, myself, Dr. Mary Helen Hensley, story and a lady from the UK called Pamela Young and this as a collaborative effort it's it's a fresh um very interesting take with four different voices um on subject matter that's ranges from 
suicide to, to the death of children to mass exodus like in Manchester and 9-11. And um, basically we covered the entire spectrum um, using, you know, personal stories and anecdotes. Yeah, it's a really, I'm really proud of that work. It's great. Can, can we get it through They, they, ah, are you there? I'm still here. I could st you're still there. Oh, am I? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, still there. <laughs> pylon on my screen. I can't see face. I'll pop back up in a second. Don't worry. And there's the Titanic. <laughs> what the heck? Just as we're talking about mass exits, the Titanic song comes to Titanic is on the screen of my computer right now. You know what, guys? Y'all are freaking hilarious. Um, okay. Am I back now? Yeah. Is it Titanic? yeah. Uh, no, you're not back. It's Titanic. Okay, well, <laughs> there you are. There you are. I'm back. Oh, I'm um, back. <laughs> yeah, they can get that on my website. They can go um, on Amazon. It's called I'll, Bringing Death to Life. I'll, I'll put the link. Uh, the that's fine. And then my own um, Promise by Heaven is of my, you know, my accident and life after death, um, the healing sessions um, that I've conducted. And that's that's the book that I'm actually getting put out now. It's about all of the, the how I've utilized this gift that I came back with in order to help people. Basically, do you know what I am, man? I'm a window washer. This is what I do all day long. All I'm doing is wiping the muck away so that people can see out for themselves and see how wonderful they already are. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. As are you, I want to send you the biggest love bomb through the internet. Can you, can you feel it? I can feel it. And thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute joy. I look forward to having more conversations with you offline because you're totally oh, groovy. Absolutely. I can't wait to see you in person and give you a big hug. Bring it on, bring it on. We can have some quantum ones still then. Everyone, thank you for tuning in. Um, make sure you go ahead and check out some of these links. Get hold of this book. Like Dr. Helen's page. Share the message. Share this podcast. Um, if you're listening to this on the replay audio, then obviously tune in on Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Sundays for the podcast. And if you're watching this on Facebook, then come back because there's videos all the time with dope people like... Oh, Wait, don't people like this? Sending <laughs> <laughs> love to you, Dr. Helen, and everyone that's listening. This is Dan saying thank you for coming and doing it with me. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Duo with Dan with your host, Daniel McGenna. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.dreamwithdan.com for updates for more exclusive content. We'll catch you on the next episode of Do It With Dan.